This message is brought to you by DoNotAge.org, the longevity research organisation that's on a mission to extend health span for as many people as possible via products that actually work. Start your journey today at DoNotAge.org and use code LAMA for a 10% discount. That's L-L-A-M-A. To me, hugging is healing, and genuine affection with people is so healing, and we have that with each other, and to not be able to do that for all these months, it is distressing, and it is tough to get through. Hello again, and a very warm welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. I hope you're doing well. I'm Peter Bowes. This is where we explore the science and stories behind human longevity. This episode is brought to you by AgeUp, a new financial product that provides guaranteed supplemental income for people who worry about the financial impact of longevity. To find out more, visit age-up.com. That's age-up.com. Now, I think it's fair to say that the events of this year have challenged the resolve of even the most committed of us to keep up with the programme, to use an expression. And by that, I mean COVID-19, coronavirus, has turned all of our lives upside down in ways that we could never have imagined. And it's been tough at times to focus on healthy living because, to put it bluntly, the gloom and doom surrounding the virus has been so demotivating. Well, today we're going to talk to someone who has made it her mission at the age of 69 to motivate others to survive these difficult times with optimism and also to take control of the ageing process. You might remember her as one of Charlie's Angels. The actress Cheryl Ladd was one of the stars of the 1970s detective series. She took over from Farrah Fawcett Majors when she left the show in 1977. Cheryl, welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to talk to you. Unbelievably, isn't it? 40 years since that show ended. This podcast talks a lot about the passage of time and the aging process. Just putting four decades into perspective into our lives is, is quite a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of water under the bridge now. <laughs> That's for sure. But it was a big part of your life, wasn't it? Huge part. It was a rocket ship. I mean, it gave me a 44-year career having done that show. And I've gotten to do a lot of films and television and Lots and lots of wonderful things. I got to do Broadway. I was Annie and Get Your Gun on Broadway. And yeah, it's just so much of it stems from the success of that television show. And what's interesting to me, and the reason we're talking to you today, is the work that you're doing right now and, and this mission that you say that you have to, to help people, A, to navigate the difficult times that we're going through now, but more generally to perhaps, I call the podcast, Master Aging, to, to master that process of, of growing old. Well, it's so important because, I, first of all, for most of my life, I've been an optimist. Um, total optimist. Even in the roughest times, I found my way through and uh, tried to stay optimistic and tried not to feel like I had to control everything in my world and uh, let things be, you know, as they, those wonderful writers wrote, let it be. And it's not that easy to do all the time, but it's a great way to at least approach some things. And um, I just had an experience uh, this year in my in my life about not feeling terribly optimistic, not just because of coronavirus, but because my eyesight was really deteriorating and uh, it was becoming really problematic. And 
as I've always, you know, I've been a go, 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 do, do, do. I was never, nothing was really in my way for a long time. Um, and then any, any issue that I had, I had it taken care of. I, you know, I took care of my diet, my exercise. I, I've kept this up my whole life and it has paid off in, in spades, but this was something I couldn't handle myself and um my eyesight was deteriorating and went to the doctor and he very cheerfully said oh Cheryl you have cataracts I thought why are you smiling <laughs> aren't cataracts old people things that old people have my grandparents had cataracts um he said um cataracts can happen to anyone it can start in your 40s or it can start in the 90s but if we live long enough we're all going to have cataracts so um, the wonderful thing about living in this day and age, though, is that we have options. And one of the great options I had was a trifocal lens called a panoptics lens. And um, it was uh, I was able to get that lens. And I promise you, first of all, I thought, oh, eye surgery, I'm not going to do this. Um, but when I understood what the process was, it took literally 10 minutes and um, the recovery was very easy, but the surprising thing was that I felt like I was going from Kansas, like the movie, from Kansas into Oz when someone turned the lights on in the world for me. I had no idea that my eyesight was so bad, except for the fact that I got afraid to drive at night, and that's not my personality. I'm a go-go-do-do person, and um, I've always been that way, but... I was really not comfortable driving at night. And I thought, oh, is this going to be my life now? It was, I I just really couldn't wrap my head around it. It was depressing. Well, I want to delve a little deeper into that experience uh, with your eyesight. But you mentioned just now, and it just set a a thought going in my mind, that you are an optimist. And I talked to a lot of scientists for this podcast. And optimism is often defined as one of those personal attributes that will actually help us grow older better, that it is to some extent your mindset about how you approach I think that's definitely true. I mean, I had uh, a mother that was, you know, Susie Sunshine. I mean, she wasn't silly optimistic, but she was always, oh, honey, you can do it. Don't say you can't unless you try. And always, uh, she started with very little, you know. Um, I was born soon after the war. I was born in 1951, and I was the second child of my parents. And my mother was constantly optimistic. And I think that gene passed on to me, uh, but also the representation of who she was and the joy she brought to everyone in her world really affected me. And I thought, I want to be like that. I, I want that in my life. I want to help people. I want to uh, be optimistic and help people be optimistic about the world because there's so much wonder in the world and, and it's important. I mentioned uh, in the introduction, obviously, we're all living through this, this crisis, this pandemic at the moment. And it, it isn't always easy to be optimistic when we see all this and experience the doom and gloom around us. Have there been times in the last six months when you have had perhaps reason to question that optimism? Sure, um, definitely so. I, uh, the idea of not being able to hug someone that I love is, is we, we are people who want to connect and embracing another person is so healing. To me, hugging is healing. And genuine affection with people is so healing. And we have that with each other. And to not be able to do that for all these months, it is distressing and it is tough to get through. But we, I believe um, 
you know, I pray and I believe and I know that I'm not in charge, which is also an optimistic thought sometimes because you can't fix everything. You can't make it go the right way all the time. You just also have to say, okay, tomorrow, literally tomorrow is another day. And we're going to get through this. The whole country, the whole world will get through it. We'll, we'll get a vaccine. We'll, we'll all get healthy again. I'm sorry for all the losses of life. It's so painful. I think the most painful part of losing people during the pandemic is the fact that their loved ones couldn't be with them. Oh, it just breaks my heart to think of it. And, and those are hard things to get over. But, you know, we just march on. We all, the whole world has gone through wars and, losses and terrible things have happened, but we always get through and we always have to trust that we will and try to remain optimistic. And we'll continue this conversation in just a moment. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. And I think something else that helps us get through, and this applies to aging and longevity as well, is is pure gratitude for what we have. And I think times like this, when we see, as you've explained it well, what is happening in the world and how so many people are suffering very, very badly, it's perhaps in a sense easier to appreciate what we have and yes. what we have to be positive about. It's so true. To appreciate. I mean, sometimes, especially now that I have my, my cataracts and my lenses put in, I sit in the backyard. And like when I was a child, one of my favorite things to do when I was growing up in South Dakota in farm country, I would lie in, in the grass and look at the bright blue skies and these gorgeous clouds rolling across the, and looking at faces and seeing all the, and it was a sort of, um, connection I had with, with God and with, it, calmingness. It, it always made me feel like I was in a happy place when I did that. And I do that here. I go out and my husband and I sit out in the backyard and we look at the beautiful clouds rolling by and, and you know, having someone to share it with is also such a gift. I, I, I feel for the people that are alone in their apartments and, uh, you know, that ha- don't have someone. It's such a blessing to have not just my husband, but my little doggy and, um, Lots of movies and lots of fun, and my husband's a fabulous cook. So I, you know, every little thing that is mine um, that that God, God has provided, I just feel very grateful for. And I think that's right. I think gratitude is a is a huge helper in times of of difficulty to count your blessings. I mean, there was a song that said "Count your blessings," and I and I play it in my head sometimes when I'm feeling a little down. In the introduction, I mentioned your age, and I always hesitate before doing that, mentioning a lady's age, that not everyone appreciates that. Clearly, this is a podcast about ageing, and it is something that we focus on. All of my guests, uh, well, the vast majority anyway, are quite happy to, and actually in most cases, to embrace their age. And especially if, like you, you are healthy and you are still forward-looking and you're still optimistic. But I'm wondering, 
Does age prey on your mind in in any way? How do you approach it's that number? It's just the number. <laughs> when I when I think of the number, I go, "Wow, I'm 69 years old. How did this happen?" Because <laughs> I, in my being, um, I don't know what 69 is supposed to feel like. Uh, I didn't think I would feel this good and and be this excited about more life and grandchildren and all all the wonderful things where we're about to have our 40th wedding anniversary, my husband and I, and looking forward to that and, and having a chance to, to go somewhere with our kids and, and do all of those things. So 69 is just a number, but it's a big one. <laughs> and that's okay. Well, maybe not quite as big as the next one. That's correct. So you <laughs> might as well, just as you're getting used to this one, then there's the big seven zero. <laughs> And that's okay, too. I, I, I pray I get to be 70. What strikes me about your lifestyle is, and it'd be interesting just to delve a little deeper, you're clearly a very active person. And yes. your, your, your goal is these days, you're trying to motivate other people to, to embrace that aging process. And certainly for me, activity and, and exercise comes, well, number one is sleep for me, but pretty high up there is, is exercise. Yes, getting a good sleep is so important. And we didn't really think that when we were young because... You know, if we went to sleep, we could, I, I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, I could sleep for 12 hours straight if I, if I wanted to. And as you get older, I think sleep is, can be very, uh, difficult to find sometimes. So it is important to get good sleep and to, to be active. I'm, you know, my husband and I walk almost every day and, um, I do Pilates and I do yoga with my daughters and, um, yeah, it's, it's very important to stay active because I think that energy, I've always had big energy. <laughs> My poor parents, when they couldn't find me, I was usually up at the top of a tree, climbing the tree or doing, doing some silly thing, building a fort with a, you know, all my friends. I was always active and, um, it, it's a, it's a good way for me to be because I just keep moving forward, and I think moving forward in many ways, in your mind, in your heart, um, and as you said, I think what you said is so important, to be very grateful for what it is you do have. So let's talk about, you mentioned it at the beginning of the interview, the, the problem that you had with your eyesight. I, I'm just curious to know the emotions that went through your mind when you realized that there was a problem. It, it was a sort of gradual thing. I needed glasses, I couldn't read as well, and then I needed better glasses and and uh then one day I just thought, Well, oh, I just I can't thread a needle, I can't do this, I can't do that. All the can't do started to happen and it was really depressing. And I uh, went to see the eye doctor and when he told me I had cataracts, as I told you, I was like, What? But um I just feel so grateful that we are in the day and age where these trifocal lens are available for us because literally I have my 12-year-old eyes back and they will be there for the rest of my life. It's astonishing. Um, all the breakthroughs, these panoptics lenses are incredible and they're new and they're the only uh, trifocal lenses available for us here in the United States. So um, that I just feel so grateful that I got to live this long so I have this remedy. And we, we need to count those blessings too. There are a lot of breakthroughs going on. And of course, you're, you're not alone with this. Some 25 million people in the United States suffer from cataracts as well. This is very common, isn't it? It's very common. And, uh, and the doctor said it. If you live long enough, you will have cataracts. 
And um, as I said, you can get them at 40, you can get them at 90. And I think what happened to you also highlights another very important issue, and that is that you simply went to the doctor. A lot of people, I'm still surprised by the number of people who clearly have a problem but will resist getting medical attention for it. And you know, the idea at first, you know, the idea of uh, having surgery on your eyes, it's not one of those, yay, I can't wait to do that. (laughs) Let's face it, we don't feel like that in ourselves when it happens. But I have to tell you, the simplicity of it, it was a 10 minute surgery, easy uh, recovery period. Um, there was nothing to it, really. And you get so much from it. It's just incredible. The technology in every way, the doctors, the understanding, the, these new lenses. I mean, we're just really fortunate to live in this this day and age. And that's what uh, makes this whole issue fascinating to me. And I talk about science and I talk about ageing and longevity from the perspective of personal stories like your own. But increasingly, it strikes me that this is all one big subject and that we need to embrace the, the technology and the science. And I try on this podcast to explain the technology and science to people because it can be scary for some people to, yes. I think, get to a certain age and, and realise that you need to delve into something that maybe at one time in your, your life you, you would think would never happen to me. Yes, of course. Of course. And when it happened to me, when I was losing my eyesight and, and, and it was getting worse and worse and darker and darker, it was really hard to stay optimistic. It was like in my mind somewhere I thought, oh, I'm getting old. It was the first time in my life I felt like I was really getting old. And to have that not be in my existence anymore is just, it's so incredible and such a gift, such a true gift. So one question I, and you just reminded me of it when you said that that thought went through your mind, I'm, I'm getting old. Of course, the great goal of, uh, of people listening to this podcast especially is to grow old and remain healthy as long as possible. And we talk about health span, uh, the number of years that we can enjoy optimum health, health span as opposed to lifespan, which is simply the number of years that we're alive and our heart is beating, but we're not necessarily in the, in the best of health. So the, the aspiration is a good health span when we can still be social and active and enjoy friends and, and, and family and that kind of thing. I'm curious from your perspective, as you look beyond your current age, maybe a decade in the future, what inspires you to want to keep doing all of those healthy things, the, the long walks with your husband, all those good things that we understand to live as, as long as possible? So the question really is, what do you enjoy about life that you want to just keep on going with? I love everything about life. I like the sunrise, the sunset, the trees, the flowers, my friends, the children, the grandchildren. There's so much to enjoy. Movies, um, music, to embrace all of it. And, and just because you can't dance the way you used to, still dance. Just go dance. I have a, a, a very good friend whose mother is uh, well into her 90s, and she goes and dances. Now, she doesn't dance the way she danced at 20, but she still feels the joy of the dance and the music and does it. And I think we all need to dance for as long as we possibly can. And it's interesting that you say that. I think what often strikes me is that older people who do actually get out and do something like that. It's not just the physical, the physicality of doing it. It's the social aspect. It's it's being with your group of friends or your, your peers or maybe your younger friends. As you get older, people tend to have more younger yes. friends for, for obvious reasons. But But that in itself keeps you going. And laughter. I'm sorry, I'm married to a really funny man. 
he, he has no idea how funny he is sometimes. But no, he has a great sense of humor. He's British, you know, so he's got that real dry, um, amazing sense of humor. And he makes me laugh every day. And that is a gift as well. He's got a good sense of irony then. Oh, yes, totally. He's a goofball. And we'll return to my conversation with Cheryl in less than a minute. You're listening to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. This episode is brought to you by AgeUp, a new product that helps fill in the financial gaps that are often created once you've mastered aging and achieved an exceptionally long life. Small monthly payments to AgeUp stack over time to create a secure income stream for your 90s and beyond. Contributions to AgeUp are shielded from market swings, and once payouts begin at age 91 or above, they're guaranteed to last for life. AgeUp is backed by MassMutual and sold by Haven Life Insurance Agency. You can find out more at age-up.com. That's age-up.com. Now let's get back to my conversation with the actress Cheryl Ladd. We started talking, or at least I referred to your career, obviously, with Charlie's Angels, which is is what, to this day, probably people will associate your name with. But a lot of, as you say, water under the bridge since then. We often talk about retirement on this podcast. And when comes the day when you're going to say, OK, that is over. That's a part of my life that I'm going to end now and, and, and move on in, in a different sort of chapter. Is retirement something that you have done, accepted, or maybe plan never to do? Um, well, I keep working, so I love that. And while I can keep working, as long as I can do my work and learn my lines, and and uh, I love acting and I love my craft, uh, I'd like to keep doing it, and I never stop. I have a movie that'll be out here on uh, Lifetime, a Christmas movie called Christmas Unwrapped. Um, it'll be on October 24th. I do one or two projects a year. I don't I don't, I'm not driven the way I used to be driven for, oh, I need to get that part or I need to... But every once in a while, something will come across that I really would like to do, and and I still love it. I still love my work. I think working is, is really good. It's challenging. It's always challenging. Um, you have to use all your wits and all your uh, creativity, and you get to work with a lot of witty, creative, wonderful people and make something that people enjoy watching. Is there something, is there an aspect of your work that you still would like to achieve? Is there a, a goal? Is there something at the back of your mind that professionally you would still like to do? The older I get, the more I want to do more inspiring uh, things. I'd like to play, you know, my age and my, my characters and, and, and just, and bring someone to life for someone that really go, they see themselves in and say, Oh, oh yeah, I, I know how that feels. I know who that is. I know who that woman is. I'm that woman. I feel that I'm, I, I, I would like to play inspiring women, but inspiring women that are just really in life, you know? And facing difficult things. And do you find that Hollywood is accommodating of that these days? The entertainment business obviously is changing rapidly and leaving aside what we're going through at the moment with COVID and the difficulties of making anything at the moment. But it is in terms of female, for older female roles. I think it's getting much better. Yeah, there are a lot more uh, female directors, female producers. But there are a lot of wonderful men who produce and direct 
who adored their mothers, who adore their wives, who, who want to tell women's stories. I love that too. I don't think it's strictly you have to just be with women to tell women's stories. Um, I think, I, I think the whole us all working together. Um, I've worked with women directors, women producers, loved every minute of it. Worked with a lot of men most of my life for, uh, especially when I was starting my career. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're in a different place than we were in the 1970s. All of us have sort of grown and broadened our horizons, and yet there's such a wonderful, wonderful distinction between men and women. And God bless making us different because we don't all want to be the same person. And I find my husband after 40 years still completely fascinating and completely ununderstandable sometimes I get him you know okay all right then he's not me and I'm not him and yay for that I think that's a great note to end on Cheryl it's been fantastic to talk to you and uh, hear your optimism about life and the work that you're doing to inspire other people. Thank you. I I enjoyed visiting with you very much. Thank you so much. And I will put some details into the show notes for this episode. You talked about your experiences with cataracts and and eyesight, and I'll put a few links in the show notes. So if anyone wants to delve a little deeper, they can find out more about your experience. Thank you so much. And those show notes are at our website, which is the Live Long and Master Aging website. That's lamapodcast.com, double L-A-M-A podcast.com. The Llama Podcast is a Healthspan Media production. If you enjoy what we do, you can rate us, you can review us at Apple Podcasts, you can follow us in social media at Llama Podcast, and you can direct message me at Peter Bowes. It's always good to hear from you. Many thanks for listening. Well done, you. That was wonderful. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Pleasure. Me too. FlexBeam is a portable red light therapy device that's now being used by leading athletes, including the Norwegian tennis player Kasper Rud. Whenever you put the FlexBeam on, you feel it starts to work right away. I need something that can help repair all the fibres that I have broken in the surfs. The infrared lights penetrate your skin and makes the muscle tissue recover faster. FlexBeam, I keep it with me all the time. Recharge Health is offering Llama Podcast listeners an $80 discount on the purchase of a FlexBeam device. Go to the website recharge.health and use the code LLAMA at checkout. That's L-L-A-M-A. You'll also find the link in the show notes for this episode.